It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I love it. All right, Elliot, let's let's get to yesterday and then the Eagles and the whole shebang. So whether it's Eagles-related or not, Elliot, what's the biggest takeaway you have from all the football yesterday? Man, so I have one big takeaway from, from each game. I, I think from the Chiefs winning, getting back to the Super Bowl, to me, it made this Eagles season look even worse because it showed that while it is really hard to get back to the Super Bowl, whether you win or lose it, and you saw that. What a good with- point. I didn't even think about it. Keep going. Right, yeah, what a the, point. The, it, it's hard to get back to the Super Bowl. Like, you saw that with how they struggled this year. But if you have a great quarterback and you have a great head coach, you can overcome it. And we've, we've seen that. And you saw it with the Chiefs yesterday. And I understand we're talking about maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. But it just further kind of, uh, you know, proved to me or made me feel like, man, Jalen and Nick really let the team down this year. There were other reasons they weren't good. But bottom line is they did not get good enough play from the quarterback. And the head coach didn't That's do a good right. enough job overall. Put that, a, that was from the first game. Elliot, put another way, you can play till mid-February. You can have a first-place schedule. Maybe you're a little tired at times, but you can freaking fight through it and get there. Well, my, you can do it if you God. have a great quarterback. You can do it if you have a great quarterback and a great head coach. All right, Elliot, let me ask you a question related so, to last year's Super Bowl because th- this is one of my takeaways and I feel like a lot of people aren't going to bite on it. But it rattled through my mind yesterday. Mahomes' greatness further explains more of the Eagles' Super Bowl loss in a way that people didn't view it through 11 and a half months ago. Like, 11 and a half months ago, it's like, yeah, Mahomes is really good, but that was a field, that was a flag, that was a fumble. But it's like, yeah, the biggest thing is Patrick Mahomes. That's what he does. He wins. Yeah. And I feel yeah, like I mean, we 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 shortchanged that as a. T- I remember when the when the Flyers lost to Gretzky in '85 and '87, and we're all like, "Well, nothing you can really do. He's Gretzky. They got Gretzky. We don't. I mean, they got Mahomes, and we don't. Right? Yeah. Look, I I give very few chances to take victory laps on being correct, but this is this is something I said last year before the game, during the game, and after the game. Like I thought there was no shame in that loss for the Eagles. Clearly, it hurt, and clearly. Now that you look at this season, you realize how close they were. But they lost to arguably, in my opinion at least, the, the best head coach and quarterback duo of all time. And they lost in an epic game where they played mostly really well. Like you saw even yesterday, I know the defense is picked up as it went on. Like those were two of the best defenses in the NFL yesterday in that game. And Patrick Mahomes, for the most part, was able to do what he wanted. Like So, yeah, I agree. Like a year out from the Super Bowl, you definitely look at it and go – Man, they might never get that close again, especially the path that they got. 
But I still maintain that that loss, like that, that's a fine loss to have. It wasn't an embarrassing loss or anything like that. Why is Kellen Moore the right offensive coordinator for this team? So I think Kellen Moore checks a few boxes. My, my overall feeling on it is I think it's a perfectly fine hire. Like, I, I don't think it's ultra exciting in the way that he's some unproven up-and-coming guy where he's, you know, you're going to bring all these ideas and maybe you don't know that he, he's going to do and all that. But it's also not a bad hire. Like, I, I think what Kellen Moore brings is just a very high floor for what they're going to get from the offensive coordinator position next year. He has five years experience of calling plays. He's worked with multiple quarterbacks. He's worked under two head coaches. He's worked under two lame duck head coaches as well for what that's worth. So, you know, whatever you think of Sirianni heading into the season, he's been in a situation where the head coach is on the hot seat. And I think he does do enough different things where you'll see some new wrinkles. He puts his quarterback under uh, center more than the Eagles have. He did it both in uh, Los Angeles and in Dallas. And for all the people that love motion out there, he was eighth in the league last year in motion. So good hire. I think you're going to get really competent, good coaching out of him not a super exciting name but but I think you know it it was a good hire how much did the team consult with Jalen Hurts on the hire if at all Uh, how important is it that Jalen likes Kellen Moore so I I don't know the answer to how much they've consulted Jalen on this hire but I'll go off of the press conference where they went above and beyond to basically make it set make it seem and you know give the indication like they were not taking Jalen's uh, voice in this. Nick, Nick said, you know, it's a decision that had to be made. Uh, how he stepped in at one point and made it clear, like, not fair to just ask if Jalen likes it. So I think mm. that they they are making these decisions, um, you know, with I don't want to say without Jalen in mind because you're hiring him to coach Jalen. So I'm sure Jalen's a big part of the discussions, but it does not seem, or at least they don't want to give the perception that Jalen is making these calls. Is his relationship with the offensive coordinator is now the relationship that matters the most for Jalen, though, correct? Like, that well, really so, is the most important relationship in that building for Jalen Hurts now. So I, I, I agree with that to an extent. But, but my other takeaway from yesterday in that, that the uh, San Francisco-Detroit game is we've probably underestimated over the last week how much of an impact Sirianni, Sirianni is going to have on this team. Because I, I was with you where it was once – and he was going to be a new offensive scheme. It's like, well, what does Nick do? Well, what did Dan Campbell do yesterday? Dan Campbell might have cost his team a shot to go to the Super Bowl with some of those decisions, right? So mm-hmm. while his, his relationship with uh, the offensive coordinator is obviously important, just like it, it is every year for every quarterback and every team, at the end of the day, Nick is still the head coach. And next year, the chances are when the season ends, wherever it ends, whether it's in the Super Bowl, not in the Super Bowl, we will probably look back and say Nick had the biggest impact on this season. Cause while Dan Campbell doesn't call plays, like he's a CEO head coach. Yeah. He made three or four decisions yesterday that, that had a massive impact. On no that. question. No question. Ellie, a couple things more. Let's go deeper on that. Sirianni and Kellen Moore. So question one, gut feeling from your end, Kellen Moore reports to who direct report in the Eagles organization. Does Kellen Moore report directly to Sirianni, Howie or Lori? He reports directly to Nick. Uh, you really think so? Yes. I, I really believe that. Yes. I don't, I really don't believe that. I really don't believe that. In what way? I mean, in a way that maybe on a, on a, on a a piece of paper, on a, on a, on a, on a chart, you're, you're right on a piece of paper, but in reality, you're wrong. Like it just, I think we're we're going too far. Like, like Nick, Nick is not going to be involved in the offense as he was last year. No question. It's like the new guy scheme. I think the new guy, he's going to call like a larger percentage of plays and Kellen Moore for sure. 
but we're going too far with this. Like Nick is going to be in all the offensive meetings. He's going to be in all the important meetings about philosophy and you know how they want to attack a team. He's going to be involved in all the meetings about what they want to do, you know, in fourth down, third down, you know, first and whatever, right? So at the end of the day, Kellen Moore is bringing in his offensive scheme, and it's definitely a shift from last year. But Nick is still the head coach. Like, they, they kept Nick for a reason. They didn't keep Nick just to have him sit in that office how he used to sit in all year. Like, Nick is going to be involved. So I, I get your point that, you know, Nick, to an extent, like maybe Kellen Moore is how he's higher. But, but I still believe Kellen Moore is going to report to Nick, and Nick is going to be very involved in the offense. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Elliot, uh, what are we looking to do at quarterback coach? And what were some of the, uh, you hear some rumors that, you know, that was Nick's guy behind the scenes, Alex Tanny. You know, are there ripple effects from that moving forward? What, what's their plan? Well, I think it's interesting that you know uh, Jalen is going to have a new coordinator and a new quarterback coach around him. So you know he has had a lot of turnover to an extent around him in coaches. Uh, he's spoken before about you know more the positives of continuity, not so much the negatives of always changing. But you do wonder how Jalen feels about having two new people now uh, around him going into next season. But I think it's a it's a good thing if you look at when Carson kind of fell apart here. There were lots of reasons for it. He didn't play well. He was injured. But I also think they surrounded him with coaches that he just basically handpicked and probably weren't mm. great coaches. I do think they're trying to avoid that mistake with Jalen. So in what they're looking for for a quarterback coach, I'm sure it's someone that's going to coach Jalen hard. And yeah, I'm, I, maybe Alex Tanny did do that. But whatever we can say about the coaches doing a better job, worse, whatever, clearly Jalen regressed last year. So ultimately for that investment the Eagles made, they had to put other people in charge of his development. So I think you're, you're looking for somebody that's going to coach him hard. And you know, I'm sure that'll be a top quality for, uh, for whoever they do hire. So Elliot, speaking of Jalen, I'd floated this out earlier. Don't know the answer. Curious your perception and where this will go. We're going to have coming up in the next couple of months, a lot of national people with their quarterback lists, one through 32, how they're ranked. I'm going to give you three NFC quarterbacks we've seen in the playoffs. And I'm curious if you think they will be ranked higher, consistently higher than Hurts when these rankings all come out. Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, Jordan Love. Three quarterbacks that a year ago never would have been considered above Jalen Hurts, maybe even two months ago wouldn't have been. Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts. Where will people rank Jalen compared to those other three? I don't believe Jalen will be – he definitely won't be ahead of Goff or, or Purdy, for sure. Now, the Jordan Love thing, I think that where he ranks on those as compared to Jordan Love, I, I, I just never got the sense that the league or the general public was as high as Jalen as the people – as high on Jalen as the people in Philadelphia were. I so agree with you. I, I think you're definitely going to see Jalen take a tumble. And I'll take it a step further. I think if the Eagles called the Lions, the Niners, and the, uh, and the um, Packers and offered Jalen straight up for those three quarterbacks, I'm not sure all those teams would say yes. Like, I don't think the Lions say yes. I don't think the Packers say yes. 
And the Niners is interesting just because, you know, Purdy has been so up and down. But he could be a Super Bowl winning quarterback in two weeks. So, you know, for as much as we want Jalen to be viewed as a top three quarterback, I think a lot of these teams that are in the top 10 or 11 would probably just keep their guy over trading for Jalen. And I don't think you can Mm. say that for a lot of other elite quarterbacks. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Uh, Elliot, let me read you uh, a couple of comments here from uh, Jason Kelsey, what he said uh, to the Inquirer over the weekend. And I'm curious your interpretation. So he starts at one point by saying, as a Philadelphia Eagle, incredibly disappointing season, especially at the end of it. I really look forward to next year. And he goes, he goes on to say, I look forward to trying to p- prove people wrong. Later, he says, I don't know what's going to happen for me. But I do know I still want to be involved in the organization and still want to be a part of it, regardless of what the decision is. How do you interpret I mean, is that just confused guy who doesn't know what he's going to do? Or did he initially tip his hand and then walked it back? Like, Because at first it sounds like he's saying he's going to play. Then it sounds like he's yeah. saying he might not play. How, what's your interpretation? Yeah, you know, I, I think it does sound like someone that is maybe confused. And, and to a certain extent, you feel bad for him because it's probably an extremely, extremely difficult decision with a lot of things at play. Like whether he wants to play, his family's wishes, all, all those things. So I'm sure it's a very tough decision for him. Uh, I agree with you. The first part of that answer sounded like a guy that's coming back saying, you know, he wanted to prove people wrong. We talked after the Super Bowl about how he wanted to come back to try to win another one. Now he could want to come back so he doesn't leave with a bad taste in his mouth, right, of like having the ending of that season. But I do think overall the thing we're not talking about enough is the interior of this offensive line is a major, major question going into next year. And it could literally sink the season if they don't get it right. So they need Kelsey back for sure if he's willing to come back. All right, Elliot. One one final thing here because well, two things. First off, in the next week and a half, do we here at WIP need to crank up? Like we couldn't do this last year because the Eagles going to play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But now that the Eagles aren't in the Super Bowl and the Chiefs are, you know, again, do we need to crank up another Andy Reid Appreciation Day around here? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think he, he, at this point, if you're not an Andy Reid appreciator, I, I don't know what can be done. We only have so much power. I mean, he, I think he's the best head coach in the history of the NFL. So I, I just uh, – I don't, settled don't down a little him, bit there, Skippo. Uh, if, I, if I could pick one head coach, it would be him. Like, I would take him over Belichick. You look at his sustained winning, multiple quarterbacks, multiple organizations, mo- basically in the conference championship every year, been to multiple Super Bowls, coaches the more important side of the ball, like – there's not many I would pick Bill over. Bill Walsh invented the offense that he's using. Look, I would definitely take Belichick, Lombardi, and Walsh. But there's Belichick. an argument Andy could be for. He's, look, he's in the Shula Landry conversation now. He is. Andy's I mean, one with multiple quarterbacks. Belichick is one with one. Yeah, well, that's true. All right, Elliot, one, one last thing on that topic. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you right what I put up on Twitter when that game ended last night. Here's what I tweeted. And by the way, I said earlier on the show, this is an all due respect to the 2017 Eagles. It was glorious. It was amazing. Like, I, mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Here's what I tweeted after Casey's game last night. I'm going to ask a question nobody is going to be in the mood to hear. If the Eagles hadn't fired Andy Reid after 2012, which I thought was right at the time, how many Super Bowl wins would the Eagles have between 2013 and and the soon-to-be-completed 2023 season? Would it be 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, or 5? Um, I think they'd have more than one because I think they probably have Mahomes. Like, like Mahomes wasn't the number one overall pick. They traded up to get Mahomes. Andy really liked Mahomes. So, I don't – you know, the tough thing is where would the Eagles have been drafting right, and all those right, things. Right. 
but he has the best GM in the league in terms of wheeling and dealing and moving up. So had they kept Andy in 2012, like Mahomes is probably an eagle. And if you think Mahomes is the best quarterback of all time, then I don't see how you answer that question with anything more than like two or three. Elliot, fascinating, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk more about it over the next week and a half, I'm sure. Thanks, Elliot. Yep, sounds good. Talk to you. Uh, Thanks, you know, it's one way to look at it. I mean, it's, it's a we'll never know. But what did he end up having to trade away to get up to 10 to take I don't know. Um, That's a James. It was a, it, they, it was it, ironic that it, it just came out because they traded with the Bills so that everyone was tweeting out like the Bills. We traded this for Patrick Mahomes. They actually, the Bills traded the picks that ended up giving the Chiefs the guy that's beating them in the playoffs now. Wow. wow.